you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? We welcome you in to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Coe here with you, joined alongside on this beautiful Monday morning by the Whiskey from Wisconsin. Alex Gelhar is in the building. Alex, what's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, the football was pretty good yesterday. Uh, it was. The, the I I mean, my, my Jags, our Jags, lost, which was disappointing, but it was a great game. Good game. And then uh, Nick Foles decided to go full Aaron Rodgers in that game and just drop dimes all over the field on one of the best defenses in the league. It was outrageous. He was amazing. Those, those, some of those throws were out of control. Out of control. And I it, there, was, there was a throw where I said I was uh, talking to a couple of people in, uh, that were watching the game at my house. I was like, that is one of the best throws you'll ever see. And I was like, I don't think on a consistent basis you're not going to see that throw. This is the one where he's where he's pumping and he's kind of rolling out of the pocket and he pumps again and then he and then he gets it out. And you're just like, how is this possible? What, what is this guy doing? Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, he was great. Uh, Matt Harmon, what's going on, man? Yeah, per <laughs> just to come back on the Foles thing. Yeah, uh, per PFF, uh, Nick Foles had a 152.1 quarterback rating when he was under pressure per next gen stats he had a perfect passer rating under pressure so pretty unbelievable wild wild stuff yesterday yeah it was it was really fun i had a good time watching yeah. the games um all around so yeah it's, i mean a little disappointing like the afternoon I, game was a bit of a bore well yeah i mean for sure but uh, i mean especially the early game made it all worth it and yeah it was a good game it, it was a fun one to watch kind of dis- a little disappointed in the the super bowl matchup we're getting but it was not what i would have preferred but Nevertheless, I mean, the Eagles are, are a great story, and the Patriots just – the machine just rolls on, man. Oh, for sure. They're going to crush Philadelphia. Oh, stop. I don't I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I believe okay. that. Okay. We'll get into that in just a bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what I don't know. I don't know why I'm re- – like, it's like resistance is futile. Just you got to give a, You got to give the Eagles a chance. No, they have no chance. They're going to get – Yeah, they have a chance. You said, the, you said the Jags had no chance either, and they – They led for most of the game. Yeah, they, they, they led for they both gave, of they, the They game. gave it away. They – but did, did it happen? 
It did happen. That's true. It did, okay. it did, Wait. It did let, me, let me look at the numbers. <laughs> yep. Damn it. The Patriots won. Yeah. I don't know. The, the Franchise. What's up, man? What's up, man? I'm uh, still recovering. It was, it was a nice Sunday. As yeah. much as I wanted the Jags to win, it's still, you know, like I said last – I wasn't here last Thursday, but last Monday when we were all predicting these games. Yeah. You, you got to respect this Patri- what the Patriots have done. You got to kind of sit back and just, you know – I'm going to sit, try to sit back and enjoy this one because okay. both their coordinators are probably going to be gone. And I'm probably going to fail as most Patriot coordinators. Fail in their new jobs? Yes. I don't know about that. They but, tend to do. But, you know, uh, I'm kind of soaking it up. Okay. Producer so, Chris, some, what's up, man? How you hey, doing? Hey, what's up, guys? Happy Monday to you. Yeah. Yep. Feeling yeah. good? Yeah. Feeling good. I had I enjoyed the games as well. Obviously, the first one much better than the second one. Yeah, but, second uh, one also. I, you know, when, they, when the Patriots are down 20 to 10 – you knew they were going to win. Oh yeah, you know you just you yeah. knew they were going to win oh, yeah. regardless. I you know? I didn't think it I didn't think it for sure until when when it was seven when they got seventeen. Then I was like, yeah, it's, yeah. they're it's gonna a wrap. they're going to win. <laughs> it's a as much as as much as I didn't want to like believe it, didn't want to accept it, but just you could feel it. But it's you a know wrap. what? Blake Bortles deserves a lot of credit. He played really really oh, well. Oh my god, he played, he, he played great. He played fantastic. The moment yeah. was not too big for him. No, hundred and ten percent. He's going to be their starting quarterback for yeah next season. Oh yeah. For sure, he earned it, no doubt. Um, all right, so we got a great show in front of us here today. We're going to give you a little recap, a little mini recap on the East-West Shrine game. Uh, there we, was – okay, listen, pal. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't – Didn't watch a second. Didn't okay. watch a second. Okay. Okay. okay, I will give you <laughs> a very short recap of the East-West Shrine game. I watched a little bit of it, okay? I watched a little I, – I got a little I got, I got a little excited. You, clock, uh, you, lo- you love football. You clock, you clock some 40 times? You're a, you're I, a football I, guy. I, I, I looked at some tape. Oh, and I looked at some numbers. Oh, okay. Hello. There you go. Uh, <laughs> numbers. That's the mark of a real expert. Uh, <laughs> talk about three names that kind of jumped out there at the uh, the East West Shrine game. Uh, we will give you your biggest disappointments on 2017. It's a great piece written by Alex Gelhart. We're going to talk about. Uh, look, look, he, he's got a lot of guys. All right, 15 names. He's got. We're not going to delve into all of them. I'll, I'll redirect you to the website. But Jay Ajay and Des. Bryant and Jordy Nelson are names we shall discuss today on today's show. We'll close out with a round of daily daps, but we start your show as we always do with your top fantasy headlines. News. Breaking news. News. Curdlers. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> let's start. Let's start with hey. that AFC Championship game, man. Harmon participated in a drop. Hey, yeah, what's up, guys? <laughs> new year, new me. Hashtag. New Although, year. Shoot. Hashtag. Ah. Speed at the front. Oh, okay. okay. New year, new <laughs> me. Wow. Uh, the Patriots were the Patriots. They're going to their eighth Super Bowl uh, of the Brady Belichick era. Is it the eighth overall? Eighth, or eighth, eighth overall. Eighth overall. Eighth overall. Eighth. Disgusting. Eight in, eight. eight in 16 years for eight Tom Brady. since like 2000. Oh. Amazing. So embarrassing. It's almost like it's embarrassing insane. for the rest of the league, right? It is. It, it's kind of humiliating. It's a, it's a league that's, it, that is based on parody, and there are and, and rules in place to, to prevent these type of things. And yet they continue. And to yet do it. they keep doing it. And, and I don't understand. I don't understand it. How we're you know we're in the middle of coaching hire season and and you know every, with everything that happened with the Browns like gutting their front office that was trying to do something different. Like let's just go back to the old school football guys way. Like talking about Cleveland. Yeah, I said Browns. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Good talk. Anyway, so <laughs> it just it just blows my mind still that some of these teams are like, yeah, let's just keep doing it the same way. Like let's just keep hold, keep on hold keeping the ground. on. Yeah. yeah. Keep, keep everything intact when it's like this one team has been dominating the league for 16 years now just over and over again going to every single Super Bowl and you guys 
can't break out of your damn ways and try something different, like, give me a break. Uh, I'm going to give uh, my analogy of what the Patriots are doing, which is, to me, they're like, they're a little bit like Floyd Mayweather, the Patriots. Unquestioned greatness. You could certainly make a case that they are the greatest uh, franchise in NFL history. Bill Belichick, the greatest coach in NFL history. Tom Brady, the, the greatest quarterback in NFL history. You could cer- the strong, strong case, just like you could make a very strong right. case that Floyd Mayweather is the greatest boxer of all time. That being said, it, it absolutely sucks that there is – I guess, clouds, right, that surround this team as well. Floyd Mayweather had to do it by bending the rules. And in a lot of ways, the Patriots had to do it by bending the rules as well. Um, and that will certainly be part of the, their, their story, their ledger. I think most people won't care, just like those people who say that Floyd Mayweather is the greatest boxer alive and in the history of, of the sport won't care that he had to do it by bending the rules. But, I, I, again, a case could be made, I think. And I, I, I thought at least that's a uh, – a fair analogy that these are, again, unquestioned greats in their sports, but certainly there are extra things that are on their ledger as well. That's just my uh, Also, real quick, to, to drive back on the parody point, there there really hasn't been parody, at least in the AFC side, it's, in no, about 15 no, yeah. years. Because no, since 2003, four quarterbacks have appeared in the Super Bowl from the four. AFC. <laughs> Brady, Manning, Roethlisberger, <clears throat> and... Uh, Mr. Elite himself, Joe Flacco. Four. And only five teams just because Manning flipped teams. That's right. That's right. Meanwhile, in the NFC, at least, you had Carolina going with two different quarterbacks. You had Philadelphia there. You had Rex Grossman take a team. You had Kurt Warner (laughs) making an appearance. Aaron Rodgers, Eli Manning. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, Russell Wilson, like there was parody on that side. The yeah. AFC has parody's gone out the window a long time ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, anytime we got anytime we got Brady and Manning, I guess on the same side of the bracket, you know, it's a little deck's a little stacked in their favor. Yeah, yeah, By the way, yeah. you know you're great when you're presented with the AFC Championship trophy and you take it out of your hand like a hot potato. Like, oh Bill my god, he, he didn't wanted, want no part of it. Didn't even look. Somebody at Somebody offered Brady an AFC Championship hat. And he's like, Nah, bro, I'm good. I don't wear those. It, it is like a <laughs> mindset thing too, for sure. I agree. I mean, they accepted that this was the standard and like this will be the standard and that's it like nothing below that is going to is going to satisfy them it's and not a win at all you know what no, i mean no yeah yeah it's cra- it's just crazy it's it's un- it is really unbelievably impressive and I- i'm kind of like i don't know kind of just over hating it <laughs> well here's here's my problem with it and i know i just listened to the ATN podcast as i walked in like it is we're watching unparalleled greatness but yeah. like we were watching unparalleled greatness 3 years ago when they were in their 6 super bowl or whatever like right I'm, I'm t- you're just it's an old bu- you're just building onto it now. It's right. just like you're built stacking more crap on top of each other. Like I don't care. Your your crap stack is really high. Great. Like <laughs> let me see somebody else try and stack something up. Uh, by the way, the Tom Brady hand injury, as expected, was a non-story. It didn't look like it impacted him. Uh, it impacted him zero percent. So there you go. Uh, Rob Gronkowski did leave this game with a concussion. I would imagine. Uh, with a week off, that he should be good to go for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I would be shocked if he was not ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he did leave that game, um, it, it, and again, that kind of sort of adds to the Tom Brady, um, you know, the legend, the lore, right? The fact that he's able to do it without his best offensive player. Uh, also, I think for the record, next year in playoff challenge, we just need to throw out everything we know about whoever's on the Patriots roster and lock in James White and Danny Amendola <laughs> into our playoff yeah, challenge rosters crazy. because those two just <laughs> rack up points in production in the postseason. That's true. Amendola always steps up in the postseason. It's crazy. Guy takes a pay cut after pay cut after three pay cut years in a row. Year, just brings his lunch pail right to the playoffs every <laughs> year. Yeah. You know that touchdown he caught in the back of the end zone? 
why didn't that defender just push him out of bounds? I was wondering that live, and then I watched the replay, and I'm like, I, like all you had to do is just like push him, hit his foot or just, something, just, just push him, just disrupt him. What, what are you doing? Uh, he was so upset that he gave up the pass, but it's like, bro, just. I mean, you've seen that play a million times where a guy catches it, and regardless, pushed. doesn't matter if he he can get four steps in, he's still getting pushed. I mean, even most of Amendola's body like was already leaning out of bounds, so yeah. it's like, hard to get him. But like, slap his foot, like throw you know off I mean? his balance, That's so he can't I, I toe tap it. I understand? It's it was a great play by Amendola, but I was watching the replay. I'm like, like, I'm like, at least try. <laughs> that, thank you. That's what I was saying. I was like, why didn't you just try to put? It's like. Again, you've seen this play a hundred times in the NFL. Every <laughs> single time he gets pushed out of by it's I don't okay. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I didn't get that part. Uh the team of destiny is not the team of destiny. <sighs> Sorry, Millie. Ugh. Wrong de- wrong team of destiny. Yeah. The seriously. Vikings lost in a blowout uh to the Philadelphia Eagles. Nick Foles after the game got X rays on his ribs. Uh Case Keenum, Sam Bradford, Teddy Bridgewater, and Jerick McKinnon. Are all free agents now for uh, Minnesota? And Minnesota's losing Pat Shermer. I think I don't know and if we have it. Shermer. We have it yeah, kind yeah. of down here that they're circling Ben McAdoo, but right, there could right. be a lot of this offense could look vastly different next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the Saints had kind of had a similar sentiment before um, when with Breeze and everything, and like that you just wonder. And I feel like it's more so with Minnesota though, like that this might have been their their kind of chance. This 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 group together yep, for and sure now, now there's going to be a lot of change to, like you said things are going to look different obviously Zimmer is going to be there yeah uh, some of these players like Thielen and Diggs will still be there Kyle Rudolph and some of the offensive linemen and a lot of the defensive players too but I mean a huge Dalvin part Cook of their cores yeah Dalvin Cook's coming back I mean they're a huge part of their cores intact I mean yeah. you know I mean it's gonna look different no doubt because I, I just listed off their three quarterbacks yeah that's they're the all got some decisions yeah, yeah there. that's sure. the biggest question because I don't I mean, Case Keenum. I love. I love Case Keenum. I know he's played really well this year, and he deserves all that credit. But do you really want to franchise tag him? Do That's what really I'm saying. You're going to make him a top five quarter, top five paid quarterback in the NFL. Because Case can, Keenum. Yeah, I mean that can That's easily rough. look look ugly by mid October. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know, so I, I don't know. They're the way they're going to navigate things is really fascinating because you can wait. Isn't Bridgewater still under contract because of his injury thing? I thought there was a weird like loophole. Where I think he if, got an but extra if he played, if he pl- if he played this year, I think he got. He oh, free. so that wait, so those few snaps he took in yeah. garbage time or whatever of that one game. Yep. I don't know his one his one pass attempt for a pick. I'm not sure. I I thought I, I looked it up on Spotrack and um. It, yeah, he's. I thought he's, I had done uh, after this year. I thought I had Bridgewater. I thought they had Bridgewater as a. Uh, yeah, as he's a, a he's a UFA. I'm pre- I'm pretty sure there there was something with the contract thing. I think if he did not play at all this year, then it would have rolled over. But the fact that he went out there, um, it it uh, it looks like. I tell you what, could they chase Kirk Cousins? That's a good question. I I don't know. I feel like if they're gonna if they're gonna bring it, then they would just. Why would they? They would get Keenum. one. Of, they would get one of their own guys. They yeah. have three, you know, solid quarterbacks you could, here. And you could tell yourself a story why they would feel attached to each one. I mean, they seem to like. They, well, Shermer definitely was Brad, is a Bradford guy because he's brought yeah. him around like every, yeah, yeah, everywhere yeah. he's been. Um, so maybe that's not the path that they go with. But they do. They do seem the to like Bradford. Too, you know? Still, yeah. they definitely like. Teddy Bridgewater, Mike Zimmer, I think especially likes Teddy Bridgewater because they have kind of the same like quiet intensity sort of personality. Um, and then you have Case Keenum who just took you to this kind of magical run. So right. you tell yourself a story about why they're attached to all three options, and and I think one of at least one of those guys will be back. Okay, there you go. Um, this is I like it though, James. Yeah, I just I, you no. Know, now that Shermer is reportedly moving on to New York, 
maybe you get another quarterback in there. Yeah. Because I don't know if everybody in their heart of hearts thought that Case Keenum was a Super Bowl no. quarterback to begin no. with. Sam Bradford, the injuries, you can't rely on him. That's Teddy, right. Yeah. I Super think Teddy risky. would be the only one that I think there's an attachment to that if you really believe in him, you re-sign him. But I, and I again, know. injury concerns there too. And the fact yeah. that he's never really – I mean, there's a lot of hope and optimism certainly for Teddy Bridgewater, but – has he put it on the field yet? No, he hasn't. So I think I think the if I was Minnesota, the way I would play this is probably try to bring Keenum back on like a cost controlled contract, right. maybe even just another one year deal that's a little less than the franchise tag, just to be like, hey, buddy, bet on yourself, you know, whatever. If yeah. he wants to take that, who knows? I just because I I don't see like anyone else beating down the door to to bring Case Keenum in as their franchise quarterback. That's right. Shermer now is going to he would have been the like there was well, there was rumors that he was going to take Keenum wherever he went, but he goes to New York. Where they're pretty insistent that they're going to keep Eli Manning for and this or year. draft and probably probably both, but right. but definitely Manning will open the season as the starter. I think that's the most likely scenario. So I don't think Keenum goes there. So you bring Keenum back, you probably try to bring Bridgewater back on a yeah. similar bet on yourself sort of deal, right. and then you draft somebody maybe in the late first, second round, and just throw it all at the wall and see what see what's. I, I wouldn't expect them to, to go after Cousins. It's I don't even know what their idea, I, I don't even know what their cap situation is. I just, f- I just threw it out. It's a fascinating no spot though cuz I don't know that any team has ever had three viable starting quarterbacks like on their same roster, much less all be free agents in the same year. Yeah. Well, and if you're if you're from if you're in Minnesota shoes, you're thinking, "Okay, we're obviously extremely close to winning the whole damn deal. Mm-hmm. Maybe Kirk Cousins pushes us over the top. Maybe if Dalvin Cook stays healthy, Kirk Cousins comes into the fold." All they thought sudden? they thought they were there with Teddy Bridgewater before he blew out his knee. Oh completely. sure, oh sure. But again, I think if you if you had uh, Kirk Cousins at the helm, I, I, you got to feel pretty damn good about your chances at least getting back to the NFC Championship game and then maybe pushing yourself beyond into the Super Bowl as well. And I went back and rewatched this game because I was so fascinated by like how did this happen after like last night I just watched it again. Oh my god, that pick six changed the entire game. Well, I yeah. just think I just think the. The Vikings just kind of got their ass kicked. Like it wasn't. Oh, necessarily- they, got, they got dominated <laughs> yeah. in the trenches. I mean, it wasn't necessarily like they lost this game because of sure. Case Keenum. Like, oh I think yeah, I can. I that's the way I came away looking at it. Was just like I don't think that that they are a quarterback away. It didn't feel like that. It felt like they were. They, I mean, they were just a game away. And if they would played better, maybe if they they well, just kind of ran into a buzzsaw too as a road team against a road team against a, a club that really is feeling themselves right now in the yeah. Eagles. The Eagles are kind of in the best case scenario where they're one of the most talented teams in the NFL, but then they got to shift around and play the underdog card. Right. I, th- I right. think that was powerful. The Eagles were just more physical Definitely. on on every part of the way. Like the Vikings, I thought it was going to be over when the Vikings had that first drive where they just like asserted their will on them. That's but after that. After that, the Eagles crushed the Vikings' offensive line, and the Eagles' offensive line crushed the Vikings' defense, too. Like, the Vikings' defense was supposed to be a strength. There were some plays where they just had literally had a wall of blockers on, on plays, and then you got LeGarrette Blunt just steamrolling Sendejo in that the was, end zone. Oh, and like, oh, man. Jay Ajayi is bouncing off of tackles, and yeah. wide receivers are laying blocks. Like, the Vikings just got pushed around. It's like It was like an old-school, like, you know, they, they beat him on the field in the trenches, yada, yada, yada. But I mean, that's what happened. And Foles played the game of his life. He played out of his mind. Yeah, yeah. Out of his mind. Uh, Xavier Rose getting hurt late in that game also did not help. Uh, but, I mean, again, it, it was – it was. you're right, uh, Harmon. It was a dominating performance, no doubt about it. Although, those two Case Keenum turnovers – I mean, one was a pick six, and, and the other one was they were clearly in position to score. Um, I, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know. Who knows? And and, and and there was that one position where they went for it on fourth down where I'm thinking – just kick the field goal, man. You you need something positive to happen here. You know what I'm saying? And, and to get stopped on fourth down, 
I just, yeah, I don't know, man. You're not going to get 24 points on one play. You know what I mean? Just, just kick the field goal, see what happens, and then go from there. But Tom Brady's done it. Tom Brady's done it. You're right. You're right. He he does have that 24-point <laughs> play uh, in the playbook. That's pretty good. Uh, disappointing news out of New York, right? Robbie Anderson arrested oh Friday. Oh, my God. I mean, he was arrested <laughs> in Florida. But uh, f- arrested for a bunch of different charges, man. Allegedly driving 105 in a 45 zone. Um, also allegedly saying some very, very ugly things uh, to the arresting officer as well. Not nice. It's not nice at all. It's the second time he's been arrested in two years. Last year he was arrested outside of a Miami Music Festival uh, festival for resisting arrest. He, I don't know. It, again, second arrest in two years. you got to think a suspension is coming here. Uh, and, again, it, it puts a big-time damper on what was uh, a breakout 2017 Yeah. Uh, for Robbie Anderson. I know a lot of folks were really excited about what uh, 2018 might hold for Robbie Anderson. But, man, this puts this puts a big-time damper on things. Uh, your thoughts there, Alex Gilhan? Uh this, this Jets offense, man, is going to have a lot of – the Rob Anderson game is very disappointing, but like it's going to have a lot of question marks heading into next year now. Matt Forte is really old. Bilal Powell is an older journeyman. Is Josh yeah. McCown going to come back? Right. How is Quincy Anunwa going to look from his injury? Like, How old is Josh McCown? High 30s, 36? I think. 36? 30, 36, 30, 35, 30, something like that. He's old. Um, And coming off of a, a bad season-ending injury, so right. it's – you know this Jets offense. We we joked at the start of the year and had the hashtag Never, Never Jets. Jets yeah. You know, and then <laughs> lo and behold, uh, Robbie Anderson was a reliable week in week out starter. Bilal Powell had some usable weeks. ASJ had a good little run. Josh McCown was like a top twelve quarterback. For He'll be thirty nine. Oh, this, this, this July. Good um, Lord. So this this offense could is another one that could look very very differently, and there will yeah. be lots of opportunity though. And so they fired their OC. OC yeah, Jerry Bates was yeah he named was promoted. So we're gonna have to, we'll have to watch who moves here or who becomes healthy because there's gonna be a lot of opportunity and a lot of volume uh, that could uh, turn into some nice fantasy success. All right, let's talk about some of the coaching changes that we've seen. Again, uh, Jeremy Bates named the OC there for New York. Mike Vrabel named the Titans head man. They're keeping that Patriots thing going there in uh, Tennessee. It's the Music City Pats. Mike Vrabel, the new. Uh, uh, head coach there in Tennessee. Ryan Day is an offensive coordinator candidate. I don't know if we know anything about Mike Vrabel. I mean, he's a defensive guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, he was, how, quick, he was quick a star rise. on Hard Knocks. He was a star on Hard Knocks as well. He was uh, most recently with Houston uh, on their coaching staff as well. So <laughs> D.C., right? <clears throat> yeah. I, was he their D.C.? He was there. He, he was an assistant. And then he took Romeo Cornell's place as a defense coordinator, oh, okay. but there Romeo go. stayed on, and now Romeo's back as a D.C. Oh, in okay. Houston? Wow, At, weird. In Houston, That's yeah. Well, it's a quick rise for Vrabel. Like, he 100%. just retired in 2000, like July 2011 to be the linebacker's coach at Ohio State. That is a pretty quick turnaround to then be in the name name the head coach. I mean, it feels like just a couple seasons ago, Vrabel was catching touchdowns for the Patriots. They've got some uh, former New England executives there in yeah. uh, the front office for Tennessee, which is again why we're uh, why I joke around about how uh, and in their in their candidates too, right? Was it was either going to be Mike Vrabel or. Um, uh, the uh, the offensive coordinator for the McDaniel's McDaniel's I think yeah, it was yeah, always yeah. going to be Vrabel too once once they realized McDaniel's was kind of out of the out of the out of the situation like it wasn't going to happen then right. it looked like it was going to be Vrabel but I think the fast and you know 
the head coaching season is so funny because we always look like people will look back on uh, his defense this year, that being Mike Vrabel, and be like, well, it was last in points per game or yeah. whatever. But, like, who cares? Yeah. Uh, it just head coach is so much about, like, being the CEO of the team. It right. does look like Vrabel has that personality. But I do think his offensive coordinator hire is going to be the most interesting uh, part of this. And like, I like where his head's at already. Yeah, for sure. Because right away when I saw it, I was like, well, he used to play for Todd Haley, maybe t- <laughs> with the Chiefs there towards the end. Maybe that's going to be a candidate. Um, you know, there is like some other guys out there like John Filippo or whatever, but it looks like this guy, Ryan Day, who's the co-offensive coordinator at Ohio State yeah. right now. He has history with Chip Kelly. He used to play for him at the University of New Hampshire. Um, he was the quarterback coach with Kelly uh, when he was the San Francisco 49ers head coach. Um, and that's interesting, obviously, because Marcus Mariota, that he has history with Chip Kelly, and they were one of the slowest paced teams under Mike Malarkey so I definitely agree I like where his head's at uh, with this with this interview I just like it instantaneously that when variable came in and this like you said the, the head coach has to sometimes be the CEO and be the leader and like instill confidence and and that demeanor in the team and I think variable seems to have all those things but right away you look at this offense last year and we all moaned about it and complained that they hired Malarkey and it was not what suited uh, Marcus Mariota. And then right away, uh, Vrabel comes in as head coach and they're looking at a college candidate right. who ran an offense that was fast, that was multiple, that had the quarterbacks running, that had a lot of creativity and a lot of juice to it. So I'm like, all right, let's go. I like I like where this where this is at, and hopefully they can they can lock him down. And then I'm excited to see what he what he does with that offense. Yeah, I'm, I was actually surprised by the transformation that um, that Ohio State has had over the last couple of years. A lot more RPOs and. Um, a, a lot less power run game as well. Uh, look, anytime you got a uh, they got a great head coach there, and, and he knows what he, exactly what he's doing. And but uh, but the offense did look a little bit different over the last couple of years. So um, a lot more spread as well. So I, I'm uh, I'm I'm if he gets that OC job, I'd be interested in what the Tennessee Titans might bring to the table there. And and one more note, too, like you said, uh, for throw out the fact that, or whatever, who cares that Vrabel led a low-ranked defense. Like, I totally agree with that because it's very different. Also, Vrabel had a ton of injuries on his defense, yeah. uh, losing J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless in the same game. That's that's a little rough. Yeah. But, like, a lot of coordinators have come, or, uh, or a lot of people have come from, like, bad coordinator jobs and been good head coaches. Mike McCarthy was co- as, uh, the offensive coordinator for, like, the 30th-ranked uh, 49ers offense, and then – for you know the last several years, granted he's at Aaron Rodgers, but been leading right. one of the highest scoring offenses in the league. Yeah, and again, a lot of it comes down to what is how much input does the head coach have? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If it's water and oil in terms of uh, offensive philosophies, it just is not going to work, right? So, how much input does the does the does the head coach have uh, in the defensive side? We don't, we're not exactly sure, but uh, but the bottom line was, man, the the. The, the ceiling caved in on the Texans this season anyways. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I don't know. You, you could kind of put away their defensive numbers and their offensive numbers, really, uh, from 2017. we got to look at what they're going to do next year. Also, it's it's tough to stop people from scoring when you're always on the field because Tom Savage isn't moving the football <laughs> or no, putting not. up points. No, he is not. Um, speaking of, uh, Pat Shermer expected to take that uh, the Giants job. I don't know. if they, Have they officially announced that? I mean, it's the worst-kept secret in the business, obviously, that Pat Shermer's going to be the It new just team. might not be that. I think, they, the I think it's all agreed. The Vikings are done. It's all agreed upon, but there just right. wasn't, like, ink on the page. Right, yeah. Right, right, right. So Pat Shermer expects to take that New York job, um, and there's going to be a little flip-flop here. Maybe Ben, maybe ben McAdoo uh, takes the OC job. Please no. Can he just go to the woods for like ten years? Can he, can he go? Can he go hike with Hillary? Uh, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Park, whatever it is. Um, well, it's so it's so funny too because it yeah. looks like he's gonna get a job somewhere. The fact he's yeah. interviewed that that this is rumored that the he Browns? interviewed with the Browns. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like he'll get a job. I mean, 
He was a decent OC, I guess. As long as we don't have to look at him as much as we've had to look at him for the last yeah, three years. That's that stupid haircut. That is fair. Those sunglasses. Oh, that's great. His walkie-talkies and his big suit. Get Ben McAdoo out of my life. Yeah, get him out of the, uh, get him out of the public. Send him to a dark room to watch film. That's fine. But don't don't let him talk to the press. I hope I hope he's no. up in the booth. Oh man. Yeah, sit up in the booth. Okay. Dark booth, with no lighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those wow. booths are pretty dimly lit. I'm sick of this guy. I am I, sick of really. Ben I couldn't I couldn't tell based on the last two minutes of the pod with you just railing against poor Ben. How McAdoo. can anyone get excited about him being hired right now? I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, it's I tough. I. Because the offense, the offense he put out uh, in New York the last few years was bad. Yeah, I know. Bad. The only times it was Real good bad. was when Odell Beckham was on the field. That's right. That's it. Yeah. That's the the only time. So it, like it was pretty bad. If he replaces Pat Shermer as the Vikings OC, like that will be terrible. It's a similar. <laughs> I will be so upset. It's a similar <laughs> philosophy though. I mean, they're both West Coast offense guys. So. And Stephon Diggs said uh, apparently are- Stephon Diggs said something to OBJ about. Pat Shermer coming to New York, being like, "Oh, you're gonna have like exciting routes to run and all that stuff." Yeah, and Diggs is like, OBJ "Oh, cool! Now you're Diggs. gonna send me Ben McAdoo." Right, right. God, right. <laughs> the worst trade in NFL history. Stop this! <laughs> we'll send you. We'll send you Pat Shermer. You send us Ben McAdoo. Yeah, have fun with that. See you later. I love how fired up Dude. franchise is right now on a Monday, and it's not even about his. The team. Vikings are gonna go to a, ben a four running back committee. <laughs> and Dalvin Cook's going to have no value. It's going to be terrible. Wow. Listen, Ben McAdoo <laughs> listens to this podcast. Yeah, I hope very- he does. I hope he does. <laughs> I hope he does. I oh, mean, man. it's also on the radar, <sighs> according to Rap Sheet, is yeah. Mike McCoy, the former uh, Chargers head coach. And fine. Uh, to fine. Replace, I'd be to cool replace with Sean. Fine, please. Yeah, 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 that would be a big get. I'd be cool with that. Mike, Mike, Mike McCoy flamed out this year pretty quickly with the old Broncos, but I've always, I always kind of liked Mike McCoy when he was assistant in, in Carolina. And oh, I mean, no, he he's was, a good – no, he's, he's a good He's had some good coordinator years yeah. too. Broncos didn't have a quarterback either. They had a quarterback controversy. It just, it's just kind of – it's a little fishy that he was ousted so quickly in the middle of the year. That's a little – Well, I, I mean, also if you look back at that Broncos team, it seemed like Elway was looking for scapegoats left and right for what was wrong with enough. the team. I think there was a look in the mirror, John Elway. Well, uh, you know, he did after the season when (laughs) you know he had thrown everybody under the bus and was like, "Oh crap! I guess I kind of uh, put us up S Creek without a paddle here." Very sad. I'm either going to run myself over the bus or Vance (laughs) Vance Joseph (laughs) with the bus, and I can't run over Vance because then I'm kind of by proxy running myself over with the bus because he's my guy. So I guess let's just update the bus exploded. Um, you're, uh, uh, Matt Harmon, to your point uh, about Ben McAdoo, you're right. They they do both run West Coast, um, you know, uh, schemes, right? But it's it's different because Pat Shermer is so creative in terms of formation, and mm-hmm. um, and that was the one thing about Ben McAdoo's offense is that okay, you're getting 12 personnel. Okay, we get that, but guys aren't moving around. Yeah, no, that was that was the thing, and especially in 2016, they ran. 11 per everybody runs 11 personnel for the most part three right. wide receivers on the field but they ran 12. it like sorry, 11 yes they ran it like 90 percent of that's the what i'm saying oh, yeah. more than right. ages yeah. it was absurd yes yeah so just super predictable uh to be fair though and i really don't want to be the guy caping up for ben McAdoo, and i'm not but Please just don't but <laughs> just to present kind of a counterpoint yeah like no. Shermer that was would have been this guy that we're doing this for like three years ago, I see. Because he really flamed out as the Browns' offensive co- or at Browns' head coach. Yeah, who hasn't? 
Right, but nothing. I mean, nothing good was coming out of him like from from that tenure. He I was very just. It's fair. Bleh. And some yeah. guys are much better when they go back to just a coordinator role. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah, see yeah, some yeah, guys yeah. thrive yeah. as that. But right. even McAdoo, like his tenure as the Packers' offensive coordinator was very brief, and it wasn't as prolific as the, right. the previous off uh, previous offenses before he assumed that job. And then his offenses in New York weren't great. So it's that that to me is what leaves the bigger question. Yeah. But yeah, and McAdoo was the guy too, like that they wanted to keep in New York because. His first year there, they really felt like he helped salvage Eli Manning, and they were right. like, "Well, we can't let this guy go. We can't, we can't lose this guy." They so were. it's just that these things change so quickly with with head coaches, and and guys like Shermer do evolve and grow, and you know, because he went he went from being kind of a strict West Coast guy. He worked under Chip Kelly in Philadelphia for a little bit, then he goes to Minnesota, and I don't know. I just it, I'm not trying to keep up for Ben McAdoo, but just yeah. these things change quickly. Okay. Shermer wasn't even the OC at the beginning of last year. Remember? That's right. right. It was my guy, North. Five like or six. Four or five, yeah, North. exactly. Oh, yeah, oh, your guy. Man. My guy. Speaking of the Panthers. Speaking country of. Country music producer. <laughs> North Turner. <laughs> North Turner. <laughs> country music superstar. Right. Songwriter. Sorry. Songwriter. Not, not That's producer. Right. That's right. That's my, exactly. my B. Okay. Uh, Bill Voth from uh, Panthers.com. Bill Voth. Bill Voth. I used to work oh. for Bill, so. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Okay, Bill Voth. Sick name drop. Cool. Used to work for Bill. Uh, but yeah, so he <laughs> he would be shocked if Steve Wilkes does not land the Cardinals head coaching position. And there's been a lot of rumors there. Yeah, well. our uh, our own guys, uh, Rapsheet and Garofalo, also are saying, or Garofalo, Garofalo me, are saying yeah. that uh, that he's emerged as the clear favorite too. Just, so. just this morning, that's come out. Okay, there you go. Uh, Brian Flores. Who's Brian Flores? Brian Flores is the Patriots linebackers coach. He is also he was kind of a favorite. He was a potential guy for this for this gig, but it also sounds like he could be the DC for New England when Matt Patricia eventually moves on too. But he's kind of a hot name under the, like under the radar sort of younger younger guy. So okay, somebody to watch for. I'm sure we'll be talking. But he's probably not going to get this job, obviously, with Steve Wilkes right um, being being the favorite there. But he's someone to watch going forward. And for for the Panthers, I I will continue to harp on on this point. But July 2016 or 2017, whatever year we're in right now, July 2017, the Panthers had when that month opened, they had Jerry Richardson as their owner. Yes, Dave Gettleman as the general manager. <laughs> Ron Rivera That's as funny. the head coach. Yeah. Um, offensive coordinator was Mike Shula. Defensive coordinator was Steve Wilkes. The <laughs> only one of those that will retain that position a calendar There's year later one. is Ron Rivera. There's only one. That's a lot of turnover in, in one year for a, a, a club that was just in constant off the field sort of turmoil. Man, very fascinating. That's a that's a good point. I didn't, I didn't realize that. You're right. There's been so much change up top. That's crazy. That is crazy. All right, uh, I'll give you a very quick recap on the East-West Shrine game. All right, the Combine. The I'm going to take a bathroom break. Okay. <laughs> well, do, do, just go back on Tinder, as you always do. <laughs> That's uh, very nice. un unfair. Don't you, have some X's? Don't you have some X's to look up on Facebook? <laughs> very unfair attack. <laughs> uh, the NFL Scouting Combine, remember, is March 2nd through the 5th. But March 2nd through the 5th, and you'll be beat over the head uh, with when this Scouting Combine will happen, but it's happening then. I'll give you a little quick uh, – uh, East-West Shrine game recap here. JT Barrett was uh, was there. He was starting quarterback uh, for one of the teams there. Uh, he did not look great. It, it kind of hurt his stock a little bit. I, I guess he was great during practices. That's what the reports say. So S I don't Slow know. 40 times. I'm sure he'll have a great 40 time, actually. But that being said, a little bit undersized, uh, not a great arm, and um, a lot of question marks as to whether or not he could play quarterback at the next level. But, again, in um, – 
in what was basically an exhibition game. He didn't look great, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. But uh, during practices, reportedly looked pretty good. So there you go. Uh, Darice Fountain. All right, so Darice Fountain. This is a name that you're gonna that you're gonna hear about again. Um, he's a wide receiver from Northern Iowa. If you've heard of that school before, it's because that's where David Johnson went to school. But he's a wide receiver from Northern Iowa. He showed explosiveness in this game. A lot of reports that he showed explosiveness during practices during the week as well. Uh, senior season there at Northern Iowa, 66 receptions, 943 yards, and 12 touchdowns in his senior campaign um, for Northern Iowa there. But Darice Fountain, this is a, a name you're absolutely – going to hear again uh, still a little bit of a project wide receiver but got good size got good uh, speed as well um, and showed explosiveness throughout and, and a lot of folks were writing about uh, Darice Fountain throughout uh, the east west practices as well how about Philip Lindsay from Colorado now he got some buzz as well but Ooh, how about him from a fantasy perspective I, I probably wouldn't get too excited 5'8 190 pounds uh, again great speed showed a, a lot of explosiveness uh, in the game and during practices as well. Highly productive in college. I told you, I, I looked at the numbers, guys. Uh, 34.76 in terms of total yards, so about 1,700 yards per year uh, over his last two years. He's a receiver? He's a he's a running back. Oh. He's a 5'8", 190? A 5'8", 190. Oh, he's a water bug. <laughs> He's a water bug. I love that. I love that. I know me too. <laughs> Five eight one ninety running back. Damn, seventeen hundred uh, total yards. That's what he averaged over his last two seasons okay. at Colorado. But okay. again, got a little bit of buzz. I probably won't make a water bugs game. will do that. <laughs> they buzz. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's talk about some biggest disappointments for twenty seventeen. It's a great piece written by. Alex Gelhar, you can find the entire list, nfl.com <coughs> slash Gelhar. We'll dive into three names here, and we'll start with Jay Ajayi as he is about to make uh, a Super Bowl appearance here. Yes. Uh, so for the piece, too, I had some fun with it. I did. Uh, there's a little section on the 2017 expectations, 2017 reality, and then reasons for optimism in 2018 because I okay. like to try and – you know, put a spot, yeah. put a positive spin on sure. things, make, oh, make people happy, positive. with an exclamation point at the end. Lots of exclamation Reasons points. Reasons for optimism. And hey. optimism. All right, so 2017 expectations in 2016. JHI went from the inactive list in Week One to the Pro Bowl by the season's end. Sky was the limit in 2017. He'd receive all of the touches and nothing stopping him from a massive statistical campaign. 2017 reality. Uh, and a totally unexpected turn of events. Jay, Jay Cutler's on retirement did not go as planned. Jay Ajayi did receive all the touches in Miami, 22 per game, but failed to score a touchdown in each of his first seven games. Was Amazing. traded to the Eagles, joined a committee, and uh, yeah. Now he's going to the Super Bowl. He's what going a, to the Super Bowl. What a crazy career for Jay Ajayi. When you see think the, about just these it's last. It's just two years. Just, it's these two years. I mean, he went from, again. Didn't fly with the team in week one in 2016 to the, the Pro Bowl. To the Pro Bowl. Then he's widely regarded as a top, you know, eight or ten running back in fantasy, completely busted, yep. and then got traded. Yep. We're talking about a pro less than a year after making the Pro Bowl, the dude gets traded. You don't see that that often no. in the NFL. Uh, it was a wild year, so it was very disappointing. I mean, he did, he did still have a couple nice weeks. Like, he had a few usable weeks in Philadelphia. Yeah. He had a couple weeks where he had, you know, like 30 touches and 120 yards in the beginning of the season. But 
by and large, your second round pick, huge disappointment. Huge. However, for wow. 2018, big time bust. Yeah, this the, is the e- or for 2018, the Eagles' offense, uh, their backfield is totally up in the air because yeah. Garrett Blunt was on a one year contract, could be gone. He's probably gone. Uh, Darren Sproles is coming back, is going to try to come back potentially from what did he break? He broke his wrist and tore his ACL or yeah. something like yeah. that. Yeah. Two very yeah. bad two, things. And he's also like 34 years old, old. so this could become this could get paired down to a two headed committee with Ajayi and Clement. Clement. Yeah. And then when you get Carson Wentz back, this offense is going to put up some points, oh, yeah. both those guys could be in the mix. Ojai had a yeah. 21 touches yesterday, which is the highest in any He's game. looked great Even, in the yeah. playoffs, Him too. Him and Blunt just tearing it up. It's, it's it's fun to watch. It's a great offensive line, too. I yeah. mean, everything is really in place for big-time running back success, which is almost like why entering this year it was so disappointing that the Eagles didn't have that like feature like feature back or whatever. And I don't think Ajayi is a feature back or, or whatever because he can't. For whatever reason, he caught a bajillion passes at Boise State, can't catch a damn ball in the NFL to save <laughs> <his life. laughs> Unreal, yeah. but uh, so yeah, it's 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 that like that argument is over. But at this point, it, it is going to be a fascinating offense to watch next year. Uh, all right, uh, any other thoughts on Ajayi? Should we move to Des Bryant? Did you see the video of Ajayi on the checkdown? That was awesome, uh, crying on the field because no. it was so happy. I didn't it, was, see that. it was awesome. He oh, was just really? like on his knees that. with his face to the ground, and really could just see his body like as That's he shaking, cried. Yeah, so like happy. such a cool moment. Okay, like imagine being. On the Dolphins and getting traded, now you're going to the Super Bowl. That's yeah, true. exactly. What a wild year. Yeah. What a crazy so, year. So cool. Also, I think, year. I think Matthew Barry was the one that tweeted this during that game, but he said, man, the Dolphins sure showed Ajayi yeah. for trading him. <laughs> right? Because, like, Adam Gase and Ajayi had that, like, very not secretive rift between the two of them. Yeah, it was always know. like uh, when Ajayi was cooking last year, it was always felt like they, like Gase kind of let him do it kind of in in spite yeah, he'd he'd like through gritted teeth be like, "Give the yeah. ball to his fine <laughs> guys." Got two hundred yards. Just keep going. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right, uh, Des Bryant. This is a sad one. 2017 expectations. A once again full strength Des Bryant would return to the 1,200 yard, 10 plus touchdown lock fantasy yeah. fans grew to know and love. Dak Prescott would take the next step as a passer, and with Ezekiel Elliott facing a possible suspension, Bryant could push for a career high in targets. Lol. Reality. We learned the hard way that Bryant is no longer the same Weapon X who can take over games on his own. Bryant played all 16 games and saw 130-plus targets for just the fourth time in his career, but posted his lowest catch total, a nice 69 catches, yardage 838, and a touchdown total 6 in a season where he hit that target threshold. So, yeah, that was a bummer. Not quite as optimistic Whoops. for Dez to return to those heights in 2018, but yeah, what, are, uh, what, what do you guys expect for 2018 for Dez Bryant? Because, yeah. I mean, well, he has said he is not willing to take a pay cut this offseason. He's owed $12.5 million in 2018, and oh his cap hit is $16.5 million. And, the, and that's a team that is so up against the cap. They're always up against the cap, and but also there's a team that just does that has never known how to value their players properly like they always overrate their own talent right that's what they will constantly throw out some of these extensions that are very strange and it's it's i we've said on this podcast that des needs to kind of transition into that heinz ward larry fitzgerald sort of role sure. even what reggie wayne did later in his career like some of these great number one receivers have accepted that and you know anquan bolden's a great example and they've played until they're like ancient yeah. des is not ancient i mean no. he's, he's 28 you know, i think right I think he's 29 right. He is 29 right now. He will be 30 in the middle of next season. So he needs to kind of accept that. But that statement sounds like he's not ready to accept. Oh that. no! I don't think the coach Jerry Jones even said. I think that there, that there's nothing wrong with Des or whatever. So 
I have no idea. It kind of depends on how they. I think we'll know more by their moves in the offseason. Like and the draft, yeah. Right. If they chase another number one receiver or whatever, or just some young player to come in there. But I think the days of Dez as an elite number one receiver are well behind us. I think the days of Dez uh, as a useful NFL receiver and player, not necessarily. Real quick, just. Operating, obviously, so much could change, but operating on the assumption that Dak, Zeke, and Dez are all healthy at the beginning of next year. Yeah. Where do you draft Dez? See, I'm projecting kind of like a 900-yard, eight-touchdown season. That sounds reasonable. But or so, Dez. again, where where are you drafting him? So, like round eight? Is is that reasonable, Probably though? Because, I mean, that. that's basically what he did this year, right? Yeah, that's Just more high. touchdowns. That James, seems high. James is giving him a, the, a bump in touchdowns, yeah. which if Elliott's uh, back and the I'm offense saying. is they'll humming. Be, yeah, they'll be in more red zone, you know, goal-to-go opportunities. I think I think eight's okay. I mean, look, the bottom line is, I mean, he is still one of the most, uh, you know, elite. 50 yeah. He's yeah. a dominant force. That's yeah. I mean, a, 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 around the goal line, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So um, an elite touchdown maker, no doubt, uh, still, I think. It's just he can't get separation. But, I mean, when you're down that close, it doesn't separate doesn't matter right so yeah um those 50-50 balls as you mentioned Harmon he's still I think he's still great in that regard um 908 I think that's okay he's like a boom bust wide receiver yeah three. exactly yeah, totally depend on flex flex play maybe wide receiver two if you were... it just would depend on the team that I draft with him like yep. wouldn't want to rely on him uh, yeah, I think I, I'd be fascinated to see like when when people start drafting, you know, an MFL tens or whatever, like where he gets drafted. Yeah, where he that'll be going. we'll be able to see that. I think soon people are still going to. I think people will still draft him as a low end uh, wide receiver too. I'm just talking speaking about the regular population. You know what I mean? But the sheep, <laughs> the sheeple, the sheeple. <laughs> well, it's because it. he's got because he's it. got both kind of. I mean, he's got two ways you could you could spin here. He's got name value, obviously. That's what it's Des Bryant, but yes. at the same time, on, on the Cowboys, yeah, All the right. Cowboys. Right. But at the same time, it sucked to own Des Bryant this past so that's year. Did. A lot of a lot of people will draft off of recency bias too. A lot of casual fans and other that's players, true. you know, they'll be like, "So and so burned me last year. Not going to touch him okay, again." That's what happened to Todd Gurley. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Um, right. I don't. I would draft in a, in a twelve teamer. I draft him as a flex, and I'd feel pretty good about it. So I, what's I like, like him as a flex? flex. Six, yeah. Sixth round. So yeah. So I think I think sixth or seventh. I yeah. Think I'd that's be, fair. I'd be cool with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm cool with that. He's probably a name where you're going to draft him. You're not going to be like. I got Des Bryant, but you're yeah. gonna be like, all right, all right, I got Des, I got Des Bryant. Because right. if you sense. if you drafted this year's Des Bryant, if you drafted him as a sixth or seventh round player and you'd be used pretty him happy, as happy a with it. three, you'd be really happy with it because yeah. he still brought you like a, a decent floor because he just got pummeled with volume, yeah. right? And you can lock him in for 120 targets per, provided that they do not make another big move at wide receiver, right? All right, speaking of wide receivers. Jordy Nelson. This Talking about someone a little that bit. sucked to own. Well, uh, yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, the, so, 2017 expectations. <laughs> the 2016 NFL Comeback Player of the Year and Aaron Rodgers' favorite target would keep father time at bay and rack up another monster statistical campaign, easily sailing past 1,000 yards and posting double-digit touchdowns. It looked to be that way. Reality. Things started off okay as Nelson and Rodgers connected for six touchdowns in the first five games. And don't forget, Nelson missed pretty much 98% of one of those because he got injured. Right. Uh, however... Rodgers' broken collarbone in week six shattered the rest of Nelson's fantasy season. He failed to post more than 35 yards or score a touchdown in any game the rest of the season. Damn. My God. Uh, and, 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 and and the part that you left out, too, was the fact that remember when Aaron Rodgers came back, everyone was like, oh, fire up Jordy again. Fire up that train. And it didn't. It was one game. I mean, Rodgers did underthrow him on what should have been a touchdown. True. True, it, true. it is what it is. Did it happen? No, it did not happen. <laughs> so. <laughs> but, I mean, the bottom line was, you're right, he did miss him on that one particular throw, but Rodgers wasn't necessarily looking for him. Nah. 
and he, nah. uh, there was there wasn't separation either. You well, know what I mean? There so, has there has been a changing of the guard now in uh, the Green Bay offense, right? And much like Jordy Nelson did to Greg Jennings several years ago, becoming the usurping him as the number one. Devontae Adams is the new number one now. Right. However, right. reasons for optimism for Jordy if he restructures, excuse me, or stays around, he started to transition a little more to the slot. If Rodgers is there, that's all that matters for Jordy Nelson's fantasy value. Okay. Does it? I mean, he didn't do a damn thing with him. He caught one. six touchdowns in five games to, to start so the season. To start the season. Okay, so I don't, what I don't know. What, what, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's What's not, the projections here? Jordan Nelson not sure either. is not going to be, I don't think, a second-round pick anymore, but I'd still no, say he's a, no. a top five-round pick, and you're getting him as like a, a, a touchdown. Is he also a 908 guy? Yeah. He's, I'd say he's more maybe like an like – <laughs> A seven, eight hundred, ten or eleven kind of guy. Where he's, Whoa, where he's, ten or eleven? Get up under, <laughs> under, under. I mean, probably, the, uh, probably, the under. probably the under. But but honestly, like they have a connection, and Rodgers looks to him in the red zone. Like but Jordan will, Nelson. But will he though in the future? I don't know if he will. Why would he turn away from because it? Because he's got Devontae. Because he's done. He's he's, go- he's dead. He's gonna he's be not thirty three. I mean, he he's might, not good anymore. He might he might be cooked. I mean, I, he's, it's he sad was to not, say. I just I I feel like he might be cooked. If I, I thought he was cooked I, last year. Yeah, I was gonna say I re- and then I re- he bounced back. I revisited my uh, reception perception on him at the end, like when looking at this and like he was poor numbers across the board. Definitely definitely got better as the season went on, coming back from the injury. Right. Him moving into the slot definitely helps with some of these concerns too. But I don't know, man. They also have an out from they could cut him too. I think Rodgers is going to lobby hard to keep him, though. I think they maybe they restructured or something. Oh, I'm, I, that's what I mean. They'll, they'll restructure. I don't think he's going to stay at his cap hit. I mean, I, they could go cold blooded and get rid of him and or Cobb, but I if, think they if, should. If Jordy if Jordy stays, I think he'll still be a, a reasonable fantasy pick because he's just going to be he's just going to be a touchdown guy. He's going to be more like a tight end in your wide receiver spot, but one that gets a lot of red zone looks. I oh, think the fact that's the case. I'm going to that's a hard pass for me. Man. Yeah. I can't. I don't know if I can do that. I mean, uh, a guy who's going to get 707. Like, ugh, I, I'm not drafting. that. I think the fact that like they've turned over the front office, I think that if I was the Packers, I would cut ties with both Jordy and, and Cobb, Cobb and look to just get younger, more athletic, more diverse, just remake that receiver core with Rodgers. The dream is over, Gallagher. We'll see. <laughs> Ten or eleven. We'll see. <laughs> Under. Where can I? Where can I? Where can I? A healthy Rodgers is going to throw forty touchdowns a year. It's not unreasonable that his favorite target, a red zone guy, is going to get ten. Stop living in the past. It's not his favorite target. Okay, so let's. Um, I, I, I'd, I'd actually, I'm actually curious by this because, so Rodgers is is not a young man. Rodgers. Um, he's thirty four. He's going to be. No, I think he's, he'll be thirty three next year. I don't know. We got to look this up. Either way, he's not a young man, right? So, you know that you're. You got to think that you're kind of close. That being said, you really got to invest in this defense. He did just turn 34. You got to just you, you have to invest. So 34 years old. So he's 34 years old. Do you really want to start over with a young group of wide receivers? Because part of his game is anticipation, mm-hmm. right? That's kind of what makes him a special player is the anticipation. But the receiver has to be on that same page. So do you start over with a young? Like you could dra- you could easily draft guys, right? You yeah. could, mm-hmm. but man, that would take a long time to get them up to speed with a thirty-four-year-old quarterback. Or bring in veterans. I I, I don't know the fact that they don't have uh, you know cap Nazi uh, Ted Thompson running the running the front office anymore. Like yeah. they've said, they will be more active in free agency. I think they could bring in some veterans, and there's a lot a lot of interesting uh, wide receivers out there. That's so I don't know. I would just. 
I would just be. They need to invest to, in to... defense, man. They need to. They're so shallow there. It's just they, they... they've sunk so many draft picks into their defense, That's, though, James. Yeah. Their number one pick for like seven years has been on defense. Yeah. Like they've done the first three or four picks on defense every year. So I think the bigger question is if they need to make changes to fit what kind of scheme and how Mike Pettin wants to come in and approach it with the personnel that they have, because it would make far more sense to, like you're saying, invest in that defense still, get him the pieces he needs, because Rodgers, with whoever's out there, can get it done. I mean, That's for, what I for, think. For God's sakes, Geronimo Allison had like 120 yards in that game against the Bengals. Like, that's exactly right. Jeff Janis had two touchdowns or whatever against yeah, the Cardinals exactly in the right. playoffs. Like, See, I don't know, though. Wouldn't you philosophically, like, if, you're, if you're Green Bay, yeah. and again, we're talking about the Patriots as the as this monstrosity. As the model, yeah. They don't. They everybody does work when Brady's out there, but they're constantly evolving, bringing in new players. Don't you want to do that? Like, don't you want to do that if you're Green Bay? Stop running out this same damn group that you've been running out since like 2013. I don't know. To me, it just again create I mean, less, create more of a margin for error. I would, I would be happy to see them do that, but they've got a lot of holes they need to fill right now. I would just say you get more money if you get rid of these two jokers. <laughs> two jokers. <laughs> I, it's it's true. I, no, it's they they both carry huge cap hits. I, I would mean. be surprised if both. I would be like shocked if both are there without restructuring at all, or even if yeah. both are there in general. I, I think I one would of them's probably got to go. I'm gonna I'm leaning towards the latter there. I, I don't. I think one, one of them's got to go. Yeah, one or two. Uh, Especially because they just paid Adams a boatload yeah, right. of money. That's so. right. I was gonna say right. you can't invest that much money into your wide receiving core. You just can't do it. So I one, almost, of, one of those two guys has definitely got, or both, as you mentioned, Matt Harmon. Yeah, I think they. I think they both could go. And I, if I was gonna restructure and keep one, I think I'd rather keep Cobb because he'll probably be cheaper. I think also Cobb would make sense as a better com- compliment to yes. Adams too, because yeah. a healthy Cobb is still viable and he's just been so injured over the last few years mm. he's not the same player from like 2012 but he's still he can still be useful yes, and and yeah, Cobb I, I mean, think I'd rather have Jordy and just ask him to move to the slot and find speed on the outside Cobb to me is a little bit more of a risk especially because the injuries uh, has not been able to stay healthy throughout his entire career really um, so that would be my concern um, is to depend on is to rely on somebody like Randall Cobb who again just can't stay on the field, you know what I mean? I would like it if they made Jordy a full-time slot receiver. Yeah, that'd like be a great. lot better. But be just great. how much can you get his number down? How much can you? Because yeah. I don't want to pay him much at all. Yeah, you don't want to pay him what fourteen, fifteen minutes? It's not, yeah, it's not. I would. I, I don't even want to. I don't even want to get to eight. That's true. I mean, in today's market, it's true. It's absolutely true. All right, let's do daily depths. By the way, you could read the entire piece, nfl.com slash Gelhar uh, there. It, it, fascinating chat. I, I think the Packers. That, that turned into a good little chat there. Yeah, I think it's a fascinating chat um, regarding the, the Packers because, man, they, they do seem to be at some kind of at a turning point here. I only had Gelhar hard, give me a hard eye roll once during that whole <laughs> which, is, which is good. I consider that good. If it's, if it's only one. I will I will be fully prepared to make a, a beer bet with you if Jordy is on the team in some oh, capacity on, cool. on touchdowns. Give me give me the under. Okay. Give me the under on 10 and 11. I don't think I'm going to hit. T- you said 10 or 11, so hey, that's the we line. We haven't actually set the bet. That's okay. the line. Okay. The line's 10 or 11. <laughs> All right, let's do daily daps and get out of here. Daps, 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 daps. daps, daps. I didn't daps. participate that. Oh, I was uh, trying to get out of here. Daps. There it is. <laughs> he did it. Alex Gellar, kick us off. Uh, I started catching up on Black Mirror again. I, I'm a season behind on Netflix, but if you guys have never watched it, it's an awesome show. Show uh, weirds me out. I can't handle it. Well, it's. I was just going to say, it's also not one you can binge because I watched one episode on Hell Saturday no, night. It racks your like, brain. And I'm like, God, that was so heavy. Yeah. Let's go back to planet Earth. Yeah, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I need to, I need to watch some animals just I prancing can't. around to no, depress. you need, yeah you you need like an aftershot that, sh- no, that like show messes you up but it's so good I need to I need to yeah. start watching have it something too. queued up to don't watch
watch it right before you go to bed. Yeah. Have yeah. something queued up to like you need a buffer. Your... That's why I haven't watched a lot of these episodes is because I most of my TV watching happens right before I go to bed. Right. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, okay, hey, here's Black Mirror. Should I watch it? I'm like, eh. You want to have nightmares? Yeah, I have it. I have it. Lay in your bed I, I, have, I have the same thing. Like, I need maybe like a Saturday during the middle of the day when football is <laughs> yeah, Thank you. Right. Yes, you know? exactly. And um, I can like take a walk afterwards. Yes. Go get some right. tacos and think about things. But it's yeah. great. I mean, all the episodes are thought-provoking and they're really cool. And they get a – it's an anthology series, so they always get different yeah. directors and different actors and stuff, and it's great. Um, I also – I didn't put this one on the list, but I wanted to give a shout-out to all the uh, – Olympic gymnasts that have been testifying in court for this oh, yeah. outrageous case with the doctor Nasser. that yeah. Larry Nasser that sexually abused them. It hasn't been getting a ton of coverage. Sadly, thankfully, all these athletes stepping up, uh, being incredibly courageous and like sharing their stories in yeah. front of their abuser has been right, amazing. Right. If you haven't read about the story, I encourage you to do so and look up some of the speeches. The uh, Ali Raisman speech from this past week was like was incredible. It gave me chills. Um, so, so daps to them for, for doing this and for helping step up in a big time. And then on a lighter note, uh, last week I read one of the best articles I've, I've read in quite some time. Uh, BuzzFeed put together, it was a fake, it was a, a parody article, yeah. but it was called oh, The 29 yeah. Stages of a Twitter Storm in 2018. And uh, I tweeted it out. I can tweet it out again after this podcast. But basically, they create a fake, uh, they, they break down how things go out of control on Twitter by creating a fake problem. So in this one, there's a, a website called Pricehound that creates a shirt that says, I'm a girl. I can only do math when I'm shopping, like as something that would provoke a lot of outrage. And then they just break down again in 29 <laughs> steps how somebody, get, somebody gets upset about it. They tweet it out. A famous actor then <laughs> takes a screenshot of that person's tweet that goes viral. <laughs> At one point, Nazis appear. Like it's on Fox News. The, the president's tweeting about it, it. like people like oh. and it's so funny and they make all it's these hilarious. all these fake twitter names and personalities to fit the things and like there's also they have somebody that gets mistaken for the brand and their mentions are just getting pummeled on twitter so there's like was, some guy named william pricehound in this who people keep tweeting at him <laughs> thinking he's the company that made the shirt the, the whole thing is just brilliant and it's hilarious so i encourage you all to read it it'll put the a smile on your face the thing when someone has a flames tweet that gets a ton of pickup and then like they tweet on under it and are yeah. like, oh, that's my greatest tweet. That that exact <laughs> thing happened on Friday. And oh, it was you hilarious. were pissed. It was hilarious. That tweet was bad. <laughs> I quote tweeted it was a bad tweet by someone about the West, the Kardashians kid's name. And uh, it was just funny because that BuzzFeed article was so on point. If it, you feel like you have to mic drop on your own tweet, like you probably need to get like, a life. Get out of here. Like that's it had a hundred retweets. Like there are <laughs> tweets out there that get eleven thousand retweets. <laughs> Franchise got really bent out of shape about that. But anyways, the article, the twenty nine stages of a Twitter storm in twenty eighteen. It's written by Hilarious. Tom Phillips. It's so if you spend any time on Twitter and you've yeah. watched any of these fever pitch things, go bananas. Like you'll really enjoy this article. So it's accurate. hilarious. The article is great. Yes. And I agree, and I really enjoyed it. And hundred percent, if you spend a lot of time on the internet, you you should hundred percent read it because you yeah. will identify with it. Then I started to think about uh, later on the, in the day. I started to think about the article again, and I started to think, my God, what if anybody that doesn't spend a lot of time on the internet read that, read that, and would just think like, 
it I feel like it just confirms every negative like feeling that people have about like our generation. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I'm like, damn it, are we just really worthless? Like, <laughs> we really worthless. It, is I, this really stupid? What? I got to see <laughs> our. I had a bit of the same thought. Do you remember the the Mina Kimes tweet? Like, wow. you realize how outrageous Chaps is once you try to explain well, yeah. him to somebody who's you not. Realize, on you know, I think it's you. You realize that you spend too much time um, on the internet. internet. Yeah, when, when you, you try to explain Uncle Chaps in real life. So wait, hold on. Is this like an internet? It's. I don't know if it's an internet internet thing it, isn't it more of a isn't it more of a twitter specific thing though yeah 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 for sure and i think twitter is like is i th- we act like it's this big giant thing but most people aren't on twitter oh like, yeah no you no, know most most normal like i always marveled like what what the hell does like a normal person have to be on twitter for like well, so my my buddies have been asking me too. It's like, hey, what what like what do you use Twitter for? I'm like, what don't I use Twitter? For? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. For I mean, for us, news, it's it's news, sports. comedy, sports. It's I don't know. I, 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 live events. Live events. Twitter is the king it's for live. Live events is it like if you a sports or just like award shows. Like, or do just, you remember the Oscars last year when they read the wrong thing oh, yeah. when the, all the La La yes. Land people got up there? Yes. They're like, yeah. no, 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 Moonlight, you won. Twitter was. Out even, of control. Even, out of that. control. Even, you know, to be a little darker, like, there's, like, a mass shooting or something. Like, I'm scrolling through Twitter to, like, oh, yeah. find updates or, yeah, or, yeah, or any. Yeah. So there's so much utility. For, I mean, I, this, yeah, is, this is literally what I wrote for my senior thesis was, like, t- Twitter and how it's this – what kind of experience it is. And there's so much there's so much good about it. But then at the same time, like – Oh, my God. There's so much bad. I mean, there's so much – well, obviously, like, with all the negativity and trolling and whatever. But also, like, I feel like it just sucks you into this fake little reality where things are so – we get so outraged by everything and all this, and it just—I really do wonder. I was again thinking about this later on that night. Like, is this really good for us to be doing? No. To, to have this sort of like it is not this just quick outrage. Nope. And and that it's so predictable and everything follows the same pattern. I mean, are we just living in like Groundhog Day do you ever, on Twitter? Do you ever want to get away? From Twitter, <laughs> yes. Just log off. I mean, I want to. I've delete, said delete your account. account. I've been saying for years I want to just get away from society. No, I but have. I mean, look, Twitter is is just like it's like any human. I mean, that's why people have mapped out the the the, the twelve stages of anger or whatever it is. You know what I mean? It's, people go through the same stuff over and over and over. It doesn't matter what the vehicle is to carry you through, but. So yeah, Twitter outrage will follow that same pattern. I guess, but it's unlike it's unlike any other social media. We're really in the weeds right now, but it's unlike any other social media platform, like with Facebook or, or it's but like Instagram. It's like, hey, look at all this cool stuff I do with my life. It's like, about bragging. All, yeah, but but Twitter, Twitter. Twitter is not about bragging. Yeah, no, no, no. The other one, like Facebook, the other social media, yeah. is like <laughs> okay, but about more, bragging. Look at s- all the things I have. Yes, yes. More more so than anything <laughs> else. <laughs> Well, it's not. Yeah, I'm yes, serious. It's yeah, it not, is. though. Yeah. Well, Insta- okay. Instagram, I feel like, definitely is. Yeah. Facebook is kind of like keeping in touch with all your old yeah. family members. You know, whatever. Make, make but your high school <laughs> class jealous of but your Twitter, life. But Twitter, unlike anything else, it turns everybody into like a pundit. Like, you know. Yeah. It does. You don't have every to have person, a take. Like, you don't have to have Everybody a take. has a take. But everyone Everybody has feels a take. like they have to make an official <laughs> statement about everything that happens. Like anything that happens football-wise, I just as a, like a non-real example, I feel like, should I have a, should I have a tweet about this? Right. Like, or whatever. But There's like you don't a, yeah. have, like it turns everybody into a pundit and right. everybody's got a take on everything. Well, and and I, again, I just wonder if it's just, it's just probably not good for us. No, I not. mean, we work in media and sports media and entertainment, so it's part of our job. But I'm always like, this tweet is has a shelf life of two and a half minutes. Like, am I really gonna send this out here? Yeah, and every, why? And then not only like every sports person then has a take about every social issue. Yeah, everybody has a take about everything, and it's just I hate Twitter. <laughs> 
<laughs> you guys know that I hate. I know, I know you, you do. Twitter. The fact that Harmon did I'm, his uh, senior thesis on Twitter makes me feel very, very old. old. Yeah, very old. Well, yeah. you guys are all old. <laughs> I'm mad online pretty uh, much every day. That's true. Um, get right. mad. In I have a. Com- I feel it. I don't hate. I don't hate Twitter, but I have a complicated relationship with Twitter. You have a complicated relationship with everything. I have a complicated in relationship. Every, relationships. Everything in very life, true. except for Charlie. I think that's like your one uncomplicated simple, relationship. Yeah. Freaking love that dog. Oh. You know who's never had a take? Chuck. Chuck. Um, He's we'll just keep- like feed me. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go get him some more. I will. <laughs> I don't know how. How did we go down? Whoa! I don't uh, know. I but talked was, about that. What Twitter, a black that hole! Buzzfeed Twitter article was Good my daily dab. God. We've only gotten through one person on daily dab so Unbelievable. far. Oh God, we have. Let's burn through. Okay, uh, I will daily dab. <laughs> Actually, I'll daily dab Alex Gelhar. Oh, thank you. He's a finalist here for the FSWA oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Writers Association for what is it? The best online article? Print, no, print articles. Print. One of the articles. I wrote for our pal Bob Harris. Uh, they in the off season they put out the magazines, the old school magazines. You know, right. for us OG fantasy players that yeah. still like to have the magazine on on draft day. Um, did some rankings and stuff for them and wrote an article on uh, what to expect from running backs in in uh, bad offenses. Picking off piggybacking off of Harmon's great piece on Todd Gurley last year oh, okay. about why he wasn't worth a top five pick. Got it. Love so. it. I love Dove it. into that a little more deeply, so we'll see what happens. February yeah, sixth. Congrats, Gil. February sixth. That's when they'll announce them. Yep. Love it. Right after the Super Bowl. NFL honors. <laughs> NFL. They, they announce it on Sirius honors. Sirius XM Excellent. Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm excited about that. Anyways, uh, good luck to you there. Thank you. But, uh, but yeah, definitely. Uh, mad props for that. Um, I will also daily dap a um, an anime that I am watching on Netflix called Berserk. If you want to go watch it, it's, I don't know, it's a little bit darker. It's kind of set in medieval-ish times. They've got magic and stuff, too, but whatever. Anyways, Sounds good. It's, it's an anime on, on Netflix if you want to watch it. It's uh, three 90-minute movies that are all interconnected Ooh. if you would like to watch it. There, It's called Berserk. All right, franchise, what did you got? Uh, I'm going to daily dap some food because I've been eating a lot this food. weekend uh, around town because I had some family in town. Okay. Greenblatt's Deli in uh, in West Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, had yeah. an amazing Italian sandwich there. Super good spot. Super famous spot. Yeah, great. Oyseria La Buca is an Italian spot on oh, Melrose by Lord. by the Paramount Studios. Uh, let me tell you, dude, something. the best. That is one of the best Italian meals I've ever had. What'd you get? Uh, I got a. Uh, I think it was a squid ink pasta oh, with. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I can't remember. What, but yeah, it was, we got there it was, was f- there was four of us. We got four dishes of pasta and like split them all, and it's quickly rising up my ranks as best pasta I, in LA. It's supposed to be the best like pasta pasta. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. it's all homemade mm-hmm. or uh, freshly made pasta. But uh, but it's so it's, legit. It's unbelievable. And then I had I actually had ramen for the first time last night. At yeah, a place buddy. Called Urban Ramen in Hollywood. Okay. At a little spicy chicken bowl. Any that good? Was amazing. Harmon right. hates is hating on ramen. He just yeah, doesn't have good ramen. Why? Calls them like salty noodles. Man. <laughs> well, yeah, they're noodles, man. <laughs> oh, cool. Wait, have you been to a, a legit ramen spot though? No. Oh. <laughs> oh well, then. Uh, it's just so what? it's just so, so easy, easy to get you idiots riled up. And it's not about real Wait, ramen. Had... Isn't the same as like the sixteen cent top ramen that is literally Bobby, sodium I'm, and noodles. I'm aware, but again, it's just so easy to get you idiots riled up with. Wait, what, what? Well, you're crapping on something you've never had. That's not fair. <laughs> So what? <laughs> so okay. so what? It goes back to Harmon's point of it's so easy to rile you guys up. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> it wait. did trigger all of us. It in did. All, Slack, all of though. you. All, and all which, of, in, yeah. which in that case, it's just like, okay. Sometimes when I throw something out there like yeah. that, okay. I don't know what the reaction is going to be. Yeah. But <laughs> then when I see like five of you get hooked right away, then I'm like, all right, time to double down. Let's crank this up to 11. <laughs> 
<laughs> have you had pho before? No, I, I've said I've done. I've, I've never had pho that because I've never had pho. Oh, you haven't had pho? No. Oh, pho's so good. You I've had, had pho and you haven't had ramen. I see. Okay. I'm just not really like. And I was. I said later, I was like, oh, I'm not really a big noodles guy. Noodles are kind of overrated. <laughs> what? <laughs> noodles are like the best thing. The best food you can <laughs> have. I saw Chris through the grass, like the glass scratching his head, like what? <laughs> noodles are overrated. Noodles are overrated. I mean, maybe okay. if it's a whole grain pasta, I'm in on that. Wow. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> what about if it's a cauliflower? Pasta? Oh, hell yeah. You're in? If you can roll that dough, <laughs> cauliflower in there. What happened wow. to this episode? <laughs> this daps is off the rails. Off the delete rails. your delete your account. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt Harmon, what do you got? <laughs> I think I've, I said everything <laughs> That's I need to say. No, but uh, <laughs> I'm to give a daily dap to the um, uh, the Culver City Hotel. Oh, okay. there for drinks on Saturday night. Very fun. It's a good, good little spot. Good spot, good yeah. menu. It was like... Like I should be here more often. This is like a classy place to have a drink. You know, did they up. have the live like band there? No, they were setting up. Uh, they did, but they were setting up when we. Ah, did, so okay. it's within your bubble. Oh, it's, it's, it's in, in the, the bubble. bubble. Yeah, it's oh, it's got to be in the bubble. Gotta stay in the bubble. Nice. Nice. Gotta, gotta, stay, stay, gotta, gotta stay, stay in that bubble. In the bubble. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Producer Chris, what you got? West Coast. Nothing West big, Island guys. I'm I'm going to Mobile for the Senior Bowl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah, bro. Taking a flight down. They'll be there till Friday. Doing some stuff with the Chargers. Yeah. Excited to see Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Guys are big all names. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's big names. Yeah. Let us know. A lot of first rounders. We're going to call you. Text yeah. text Coder 40 times. I will. <laughs> yes. We're going to get you on this podcast. We're going to call you. You better have your phone on you, pal. I'll be ready, dude. Add a baby. Sick. Thursday morning. Let's uh, do it. Also, I forgot we should give a, a larger daily daps to Chris in general, who is uh, yeah. rising up the ranks with the Chargers and going to be leaving us for bigger and better opportunities. Oh, soon, right? Soon. You've got yeah, you got a couple still, more episodes, still but in the mix, yeah. But I mean, we're not we're not burying you yet. But I uh, wanted to give you a shout out and appreciate yeah. the daps that, for the, the oh god, I threw my phone. The opportunities okay. and uh, and climbing up over there. I mean, it makes cool. it makes sense of like the the five of us, Chris included, on this podcast right now. He is objectively the best looking yes. and has the best voice. That's and uh, the, he's right. producing. That agree? Right. No, no. no. Me- meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, you got to listen to us, us four idiots. Yeah, like. Yeah, but come on. Elhar's got that. Like, what thick, the hell just thick, happened? Yeah. Spot, that no wonder is rising up. Like I gotta get out of here. That's what I'm saying. I mean, he should he should be the face of something. It's a good looking face, and he's got a good took, voice. You know what he did? He pulled a Vrabel. He took one year of a coordinator, and is now going to be a head coach somewhere. Hell yeah, that's, that's the right. way. It's, I like that. I hope Vrabel right. doesn't flame out. Vrabel <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Chris BSP. There you go. There it is. All Thanks, right. Boys. What is what an in- what an incredible show we had today. Wild. Incredible. Incredible. I don't know if that's the word for it. <laughs> For Matt Franchise, Matt Harmon, Alex Gelhar, and Chris Harry, I'm James Coe. We'll see you later. See you later. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.